0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Almost live from the trenches of New York City, here are your middle-aged warriors, Chris Semino and Rick Summers.
1: 39, 39, 30. (laughs) I've got 39. 39? Okay. Well, I was thinking about number 9. That was the old Beatle reference, right? On, That's right, on, yeah. On, on the
0: White House. Which I never really understood.
1: Not quite sure. I'm sure there's a whole story behind that one as well. We hey. Can, we'll, we'll ask somebody.
0: Welcome to middle Age Warriors. We're show back. Show number 39. We're if back.
1: Did, if you didn't notice, number <laughs> 39. Uh, yeah, we, we are uh, trudging along into the new year. I guess this is going to be sort of a... What, what, what do you want to call this show? Uh, not not loose ends, but... Uh, shoot the shit. Shoot the shit. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> an, S- an STS show.
0: An STS.
1: And there's a lot of the other S to shoot, that's for sure. Yes, there is. Um, but I have to say, at this point, you know, the New Year came. We talked about this the last time. It felt like it was supposed to be some kind of fresh start.
0: <laughs> yeah, well... Got Stale in a hurry, didn't it? <laughs> sure did, though. I got to tell you, you know, I think about where we were last week. The Capitol takeover.
1: Well, you know, the funny thing was, we were just wrapping up the podcast with uh, Ron and Sana from from CNBC, and my phone kind of blew up a little bit. And I saw that headline. I'm like, "What? What does this even mean? Capital being taken by storm?" I'm like, "What? You know, was this snowstorm coming down there? From <laughs> yeah, Washington? I didn't know about." Um, but then, you know, you know, you and I were here. We threw the TV on. We saw what was unfolding, and obviously, the repercussions continue uh, today as uh, <clears throat> the attempt is uh, the second impeachment, first time ever.
0: Second impeachment.
1: He's probably I, sitting there proudly going, only president ever to be impeached twice. Look yeah, at me. Really. Look at me. Like, it's crazy. I
0: have to tell you, and and mm. watching the in insurrection, is that what Yeah. You? The insurrection. I don't know Yeah, yeah. The, the, the Inquisition. Inquisition. <laughs> anyway, I'm sorry. I interrupted. Um, no, that's okay. I'm <clears throat> glad you did. I not that I consider myself like a great American or anything, but watching it for the past week, especially the stuff that we're seeing now from inside the Capitol building that leaked out on video, yeah. I have never been so ashamed to be an American.
1: Yeah, it's, it is feeling like a humiliating feeling. There's anger, there's sadness also mingled in there. But yeah, it's embarrassing, but I have to be honest, Um, I don't... I think sometimes we get short-sighted in this country and and we're a little full of ourselves. This country, and I believe it was Valerie, your wife, who said, this was an experiment and it still is an experiment. And we were talking a little bit about this and and we're, you know, in the
0: history of the world, we're babies. This meaning the United States was an experiment. Yes.
1: Yes. You know, let's bring a bunch of people from all over and we accept everything, every (laughs) religion, every this, that, or do we? Yeah. But... And, and I think that's what we're starting to see here. But, you know, these, these are more growing pains. But I dare you to look at any nation, for the most part, on this planet that has never seen some degree of a coup, a revolution, a civil war. So, yes, it was extremely ugly in our uh, little protective bubble that we tend to live in in this country. But it's a reality of what happens when there's a disagreement amongst the people of the same country, yeah, and we've seen that play out in history. This was this is just one of our turns for that to happen.
0: Well, history will dictate moving forward uh, whether or not we recover, which I'm sure we will because yeah. we're pretty resilient. Yeah, but I am just, as I said, I was embarrassed watching yeah. what I saw, and not to mention so saddened the loss of life and mm. oh my goodness.
1: Well, you know, and on the other side of that, though, and I've seen many many posts and. Um, I don't say I completely disagree with some of the sentiment of it. But let's be honest, for quite a few months, there were protests slash riots uh, that were associated with apparently the fallout, you know, part of the Black Lives Matter movement. And really more lives were lost collectively in those scenarios. And there were more injuries to police in those scenarios. And there were certainly more incidences than just one, but the point is, when you get a mob together, and I'll use the term mob, because as soon as, as far as I'm concerned, it turns violent, it's a mob. If you're peacefully demonstrating, that's what it's all about. Right. That's okay, but that didn't exist all the time either. on On the other side, now there were a lot of peaceful protests with Black Lives Matter. I don't know. If you could say there have been a lot of peaceful protests in this scenario, because this was kind of the first big one that the trumpeteers have taken, so to speak. Uh, so I don't I don't really, you know, I don't know totally where to place it, other than I think all of it, as far as I'm concerned, is kind of a little sickening to the stomach.
0: You know, I'm never one to give President Trump a lot of credit. But the one thing I will say uh, between you and I is that he brought this pimple to a head. It has been festering underneath mm-hmm. the surface of America for a very long time. And yeah, I mean, it's it's really uncomfortable. It's, it's,
1: well, yeah, I mean, but it's like anything else in the process of going through growth, there's pain. Right. Because ugliness and the things that are not healthy for us as a nation, as a people, as a society, if you suppress them, they don't go away. They're gonna come out eventually. And you're right. Uh, I think Trump and the ideas that he stimulated again gave voice to a lot of that suppressed feeling and sentiment that's existed in this country for quite some time. And now it's come to the surface. Now the next question becomes, Okay, now we know we've got a lot of people out there, a little small minded, a little different minded than than the masses or more of us. What happens next? You know, the, the concept of us staying the same in the United States seems like, well, of course, why wouldn't we? Right. Well, keep in mind, we did have a civil war here, by the way. Uh, You know, it was only in the, what, mid-1800s? It's not that, that long ago in the history of the world, certainly. Um, Is that a possibility? Will it take on a different form? Will there be states trying to secede? Will there, you know, I don't know how you do this, because to be honest, the way I see it socially, we're kind of bi-coastal for the most part. Mm -hmm. And maybe throw in a city like Chicago, maybe Denver, uh, but there's not a lot in the middle of the Deep South that can identify with the values of city people. Mm-hmm. City people don't understand the frustrations and the challenges of living in you know, the Deep South or mm-hmm. wherever that may be, You know, where the education systems are different, the ideals that get passed on from generation to generation are different because of how they've all lived. Uh, we've got to stop and learn and listen, but we're not doing a very good job right now.
0: No, we're not.
1: But, you know, to move on to uh, another thing, really, this is turning out to be a very positive. We're, gonna, we're going to shift gears eventually to some fun stuff I, I because I'm going to need you to. You think so? Uh, I hope so. Uh, but, you know, looking down the list of things I had jotted down uh, leading into the show today, and I don't know, again, I started the show talking about it being a new year, and, you know, you, you want it to be fresh and a new start, and you feel invigorated. But we've got the vaccine going right there's still and, and of course that has opened up a whole plethora of other issues there's not enough who's getting it who's not getting it what part of the country is getting more than the other now there's a second strain the world is coming to an end everybody's going to die from that one i i don't know it's <laughs> just it, it just it it's never ending is how it feels and it's I, i'm really i'm very pandemic weary these days and having a really hard time kind of snapping out of that negative mode i know i know in my head we're going to get through this But every day I wake up and I don't feel any closer to getting through this, the way the world is behaving and acting and where we are. I don't know where to put it. I know perspective has always been good for me. I've been able to compartmentalize a lot of times in my life that have helped me. My compartment's full with this one. I'm running out of compartments for this pandemic. I don't know what to do with it. I mean, I don't know how you feel, how you face every day or how you're projecting ahead your future a bit where based on where we are right now and where it's going you know
0: part of me feels like i've kind of thrown in the towel right. um and it's like yeah whatever and that i don't feel good about that but i also understand you know what the last year has been like in our life and i think about all the loss and everything and people are are not covet related are dying and we're all getting older and God, I sound really negative, don't Wow.
1: I? Well, I mean, I, I brought that out. Um, <laughs> yeah, thank you. <laughs> it must be it's cloudy, cold day today. We're feeling a little... No, but I, I think um, it, it's just this feeling of just not being able to live in a pseudo-social environment again. I'm tired of people, oh, just suck it up, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I know, good for you. Everybody, you know, in particular, that always resonates and comes from the people whose lives really haven't changed all that much. Mm -hmm. They're still working, still have their income, still have their health care, still have their house. There's a lot of people who haven't. There's a lot of people who are frustrated and struggling. I haven't had a paycheck in 18 months, quite frankly, and I'm getting a little upset about that concept. Uh, I'm much more fortunate than others to have had, you know, a bigger nest egg, certainly, but that nest egg gets smaller. And it's frustrating. I want the world to wake up again. I want to be able to, you know, attack the world, so to speak, in a positive way, but in a way that I can enjoy it. You know, being middle-aged and then some, you know, know, it it is what it is. You know, we're we're in the back nine already, you know, in, in the golf world and into the back nine. And there's not that much time left, per se, uh, on whole. And I want to be able to really sink my teeth into enjoying the world and experiencing life. And this thing has just thrown what feels like a perpetual monkey wrench. I
0: often wonder, you know, your dad is gone. My mom and dad are both gone. And mm-hmm. I wonder what they would think if they saw what our lives look like today. You know, I wish I could speak to them. And, mm-hmm. and just, you know, they lived through World War II. They lived through Pearl Harbor. And I just wonder what they, looking down on us or looking up on us, as Mm -hmm. the case may be, uh, would say. I I try and remember back being a nine-year-old kid and thinking what it would be like to be an adult. You know, I can say there have been a lot of twists and turns along the way. I, but I think the reality, going back
1: to your original point, because I, you know, my mom is still alive, and we have this conversation a lot because she will always say, "Oh, this is the worst it's ever been. I've never seen the world. This is the worst time of my life mm. ever." I mean, and this is a person who was around for World War too, mm. was around for the Korean War, the Vietnam War, social unrest in the late 60s with rioting going on, race riots, many different things. But yet her impression, I think we always react to the immediate. We always respond to that. Oh, I've never seen it this bad before. We kind of forget, <laughs> you know, how bad it might have been. Or sometimes we reflect and go, oh, you should have seen what it was like back then. So we, we, <laughs> f- we forgot that. So it's kind of a weird thing that time does. But I do think, and this is part of that conversation I always have with her mom, is she says, well, I've, I've never watched the news as much as I do now. And I'm watching, you know, CNN or this and Fox and MSNBC. And I, and she's never, in my house growing up, the news, the local news was on, didn't really delve into right. the big problems. Yeah. I didn't see Vietnam in my mm. living room every day, every night, like some people did. But I think the media now has has really hyped up that feeling, that anxiety, that panic, that
0: it's everywhere. Yeah. It's on your you, phone. You can't you escape know. it. You know. It's
1: everywhere you turn. And the fact of the matter is, how much can we do about it? So you need to take these breaks. You really need to sort of step away from it all. I mean, she said something. I forgot what it was the other day. She brought somebody up, a senator, this youngest senator that, that's in the country and supporting Trump still. And I'm, I, I don't even know what she was talking about. <laughs> she goes, oh, he's been all over. I'm like, I guess I'm not watching. And and I have really stepped away from it because it's just... For me, it's too much. It, it really is too much. And I don't... And apparently for Tula, Clearly too much. You don't like that idea either?
0: By the way, he is Chris Semino. I am Rick Summers. And this is middle Age Warriors on the Believe Podcast Network. And we're just shooting the shit today.
1: That's what we're doing. So another thing I saw coming up, another positive story, but we're going to get to some. I saw this piece the other day about on the rise is this uh, body dysmorphic disorder, mm-hmm. whereby people are seeing themselves and don't like what they're seeing and think they have to change it or fix it through plastic surgery or whatever it is they need to do. And the cause behind it is, is Zoom. zoom. It's- <laughs> go, go figure. Here we go. You yeah. know, it's like we had something positive to at least still connect with each other. But now we don't like the way we're connecting during the pandemic. So uh, I don't like where my nose looks during my Zoom meetings. It's
0: you know crazy. what? We can't win.
1: No, it, it's but what does this really say about us as a society? If one of the biggest fallouts of being forced to stay at home and not have these meetings in person, right? our technology has allowed us to still be able to do it. And what do we get concerned with? How I freaking look. My well, lighting's I, not
0: good. I got to tell you, I mean, you spent a career in television. I think a lot of times that we just never really physically and psychologically have taken the time to look at ourselves. And that's the one thing this pandemic has forced us to do. Now, introspection, looking at yourself and seeing what you're made of, uh, what your constitution is, who you are, that's the psychological aspect right. of it. And now physically, we're starting to see, you know, what did you say about plastic surgery is like skyrocketing? Yeah, I mean, the requests for uh,
1: rhinoplasties, you know, nose jobs, eye lifts, uh, Botox injections, you know, it's going through the roof because particularly, of course, women are not pleased with what they're seeing. And, you know, I say, look, it's the lighting that you have. It's a camera on a laptop. Usually people have ridiculous angles. By the way, I always joke... To Rick, because when I do it when I first connect with Rick on a Zoom, I usually see his forehead and the ceiling. <laughs> so maybe you suffer from this dysmorphic uh, disorder because you don't want me to see the rest of your mug. I know what you look like. It's wonderful. You're a handsome man. But I I, I just find it it's I think the part you talked about, self-examining in terms of who we are and what where our values should be and, and the path we're on. That was one good thing that's coming, and that could be a little painful too, but that's something good that came out of this. But this worrying about your physical appearance again, I don't know. It just, uh, it's just another reason for people to get too self-absorbed for the wrong reasons, I think.
0: I saw something on, I think it was Inside Edition uh, the other night, and it interviewed uh, two friends, I think in California, who decided now's the time. And they looked great as far mm. as I could tell. But they decided now would be the time that they would go through a plastic surgery and they would do it together.
1: Oh, so they did it as a couple?
0: Well, these, sort were, of, uh, these were just two girls. Two, oh, okay. Two, Not as a oh, two friends. Two friends. Yeah, two okay. friends. And <laughs> they decided, well, if if you'll do it, then I'll do it. So they did it together. And the plastic surgeon they interviewed, I believe, said he has been so busy. Yeah, they're inundated, right? Yeah,
1: yeah. absolutely. It's... it's so. um, I don't know. It's just kind of... So let's let's go to other things. Let's let's switch it over to... Oh, great. Now, I don't have a delivery. I'm not anticipating one. Uh, let's <laughs> switch it over to sports. You did something this uh, past
0: week uh, that you've been doing for 25 years. Tell yeah. the folks. Um, the National Hockey League season starts tonight, actually. And we have had a bunch of guys who've been in a rotisserie fantasy league for... I guess, 25 years now. And I had my draft the other night, and you and I were laughing about how the drafts used to be such a great social occasion. And I I don't want to make this sexist, but it was the guys' night out Mm -hmm. to get together, drink some beers, laugh, make noise, break chairs, whatever it was. You You were at my draft? Okay. (laughs) (laughs) And my draft is... Most drafts, if not all drafts, are now on computer. So you don't have that inter interconnection of being with the guys. But I have watched some of these guys who I've known now for a long time go through such changes of life. We were all young when we started 25 years ago, and right. now we're middle aged warriors. But the interesting thing is that, so
1: you're telling me there's been a core group of guys that uh, have, have been doing this for 25 years? Yeah,
0: well, actually, it's, uh, I think there are like, I think four or five of us in a team that is now whittled down to eight team who have been the core for a long time okay so that's yeah. still a good that's still <clears throat> a good circle I, we've had I, a good run
1: i've never done hockey I, I did you know back in the day it was called rotisserie baseball i don't right. know why rotisserie I, i'm sure that I, I at one time knew the reason but i don't uh, now they were all fantasy leagues but you're right i mean it was fun it was for about four or five years we did it and it was fun because like you said doing the draft in person we would, you know, oh, no. we were drinking beers, having laughs, just you, busting each other's chops. Yeah, you know, oh, yeah. You peeing your pants. Yeah. You were laughing no, so hard. It was, it was it was a lot of fun. So as we move forward, uh, before we get to hockey, we're wrapping up the football season. I watched some of the playoff games. You know, I was watching the Cleveland Steeler game. Oh yeah. And you know, Cleveland jumped out in front, and and they kept t- it was like twenty eight nothing, and then I think thirty five seven at the half, something like that. And it became a game. Uh, they, they had to hold on for dear life as the Steelers came charging back at them. But Super Bowl 55. Can you believe saying Super Bowl 55? Is it 50?
0: I was wondering what the Roman numerals were that I keep seeing on TV. 55?
1: <clears throat> wow.
0: Yeah. Crazy. Well, it's in Tampa on February uh,
1: 7th this year. Right. Now, I don't know. Are, are they, I haven't really heard. Of uh, course, I haven't followed it closely enough. Are they allowing some fans in for this or not? I don't even know. You know, this I don't is, even know. This is going to be a weird. I mean, it's all been weird in yeah. that regard, but I think the Super Bowl, you know, that's the event. It's got to be a full packed stadium. Well, it's
0: interesting. And for America, I- the Super Bowl was like a holiday. It is, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah.
1: Um, and then the other thing, of course, um, hockey, basketball, football's wrapping up, and, and baseball's baseball. moving along.
0: Yeah. Yeah, Pitchers and catchers report in just a few weeks.
1: Mets made a good deal. I'm pretty happy with that. We'll see how it goes. Uh, picking up a couple of great players from, from Cleveland. But, you know, again, it's the type of thing I was talking to you the other day about it. I remember back a few months the Mets were advertising season ticket plans starting in April but right. now i don't hear any of that i have a feeling that's got to be all put on hold i mean i don't know so. when I, I don't know you know the, the other thing we were talking about with the with the vaccines now will that become at least in the beginning of this process of of returning back to uh, you know going to public events where there are large groups of people will that be a mandatory thing you have to show? In terms of the, you know being vaccinated and having the complete double vaccination, you'll have some kind of, I don't know, stamp of approval. I'll give you a little, uh, one of those tattoos you can wear. I, I don't know what- A the, wristband. A wristband. Yeah. What's going to be the proof as you enter a stadium or an arena uh, to see a concert or a sporting event? Is that going to be part of the criteria in the beginning? And I don't, I, I have a feeling they're talking about it I don't hear a lot going on publicly about it because let's be honest I don't see this as a flip of a switch. We're not going to go from not having people, you know, in a ballpark to having letting everybody into a ballpark right. It's just not going to work that way. It's not it's going to have to be a process. And so I'm sure they're going to create various degrees of criteria. So I'm just I'm just wondering about that. But how do you feel a about that from the standpoint of, I don't know, personal rights or infringement or forcing me to do something and inject this into my body if I want to be able to be social the rest of my life.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's really an infringement on personal rights, but you know, it's like the mask wear, you know, right for the the greater good of the whole. But I think I don't have any problem with showing that you've tested negative. Mm -hmm. I do have a problem with showing that you have been vaccinated because even that is no guarantee. You know, if you got vaccinated 3 weeks ago. Well, right, we don't know we don't know right, yet if right. that's really going to be the yeah,
1: we don't we don't really know, but I mean, ultimately, either the combination thereof, more people getting it, more people getting the vaccine, putting those two together, what the 1918 pandemic became, it took it took close to 2 years for that to sort of dissipate. So, we may very well be looking at a 2021 that starts to show signs of normalcy yeah. towards the end. Maybe, yeah. maybe by maybe by the fall uh, or end of the year going to next winter. It's hard to say. Oh, gosh. Yeah. But I'm thinking 2022-ish. Yeah. I,
0: I've pretty much written off this year, yeah. which is part of that negativity that I was sharing with you before. No,
1: that's what feels so devastating to me is like, here we go again. I just did this. Yeah. And, you know, I'm, I'm quite frankly, I'm, I'm emotionally tired, you know, coming out of the career scenario for me, then stepping into trying to redefine myself and then right into this say, okay, when, when is this stuff going to come to an end? Maybe not. I mean, but a lot of people have it worse. So I don't want to sit here on my little right. pity potty because a lot of people have it much worse and, I, and I, I really feel for them. And those are the people that deserve the attention and need the help. From the government and, and wherever there are they can get it.
0: A lot of
1: them. Yeah. No, that's that's a scary proposition. The other side, so let's let's switch to something else that's going on. Uh, I know you've talked to me about wanting to do a whole show about some of the you know, just, just weather and weather terminology and Yeah, well and, for
0: anybody that doesn't know, and I can't imagine anybody that may be listening who doesn't, uh they might. Chris has spent his life, uh his adult life and probably as a kid too. yeah. As a weather person, I like to say a weather geek because yes. that's how I look at myself, you know.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, for me, it was, uh, I guess I was in second grade, 1969. It was a famous snowstorm in New York City. But so, do you remember being in radio? Do you remember a radio station, WGNY? Does that ring any bells? I think it was up in Newburgh or somewhere. I, it WGNY? might have been up in Albany. Wasn't that far north? Oh no! I'm sure it wasn't. But there was a DJ there, and he would record when I was working for a private weather service. Uh, he would record the weather cast. We do like 30 second tape, and it had an intro and out. You know, I'm so and so at your WGMY forecast. But he would always refer to meteorologist as uh, I'm scrotomologist. Excuse me, <laughs> a scrotomologist. I scrotomologist. Just the very thought of that is so disgusting, but it's, I was so brilliantly funny. It's like, scrotomologist Sounds very funny, but anyway. No, I'm not a scrotomologist, but I am a meteorologist.
0: Oh, so you play one on TV. There you go. Yeah, yeah you uh, really it,
1: did. It, it probably pays more. Uh, but what's been going on in the there's been, if you're paying any attention at all, it hasn't really impacted the United States right now, but a term came up. I guess it was a couple of years ago. For the first time, it got you know into the media. Oh yeah, the polar vortex.
0: Yes, the Polish vortex.
1: The Polish vortex. Now, this is the polar vortex, which normally resides at the North Pole, and it's the core of the really cold coldest air that's on the planet. And occasionally, it gets displaced; that it gets uh, you know pushed further south. So a couple of years ago, it was displaced, and and it became the thing as if it, it was a new term. Right. But the polar vortex has existed for a very long time in the terms of meteorological world you know for a couple hundred years. but anyway uh, there's been a, a warming of the stratosphere which is above the troposphere but just above and when that tends to warm dramatically something happens to the polar vortex where it weakens and then it splits and then descends further south meaning into Europe, into the United States, North America, etc. And we have just seen, I don't know if you saw the pictures from Spain. Oh, yeah. Madrid had over a foot foot of snow. snow? Yeah, Uh, Low temperatures in parts of Spain below zero Fahrenheit. Really? Uh, Some of the coldest air they've seen since the 70s. Some of the biggest snow they've seen since the early 80s. And that was sort of predicted when they saw this split going on. However, it has not happened in the United States yet. But I'll give you a little hint. There are some signs that, especially from about January... 18th, 19th on. I think winter is going to make a comeback again uh, in the country, especially central states. Eventually, moving to the eastern states, much more active pattern. We're going to hear about more heavy snow and some some pretty cold air for at least a probably a three week period. So get ready. You know where your, you know where your long johns are. Uh,
0: I don't think I even I have a pair. Have I long need johns. Do I. Yeah.
1: Well, how about your galoshes then? Your galoshes yeah. with the buckles.
0: Yeah, yeah I remember those. Mm-hmm.
1: Oh. But it's going to get interesting. Um, I have to be honest, if winter's going to be winter, then just be winter. Meaning that this kind of in the middle, eh, it's in the 30s and 40s, it's cloudy, it's partly sunny, it rains a couple of days. And that's, If it's not going to snow, then don't be winter. Then, yeah. then be nice and spring-like and be warm. Yeah. Uh, other than that, I have no reason for this. Cut the crap. Exactly. So we might be getting down to business uh, in terms of winter again. We'll see. In the Let next me ask week.
0: you a question. Uh, as a person that was on TV in New York and nationally, when you did stuff on Today's Show. Um, when the weather was good, did people like stop you on the street and say, Hey, Chris, thanks for the great weather?
1: Yeah, right. I am in New York, remember that. Yeah. Nobody stops you on the street to thank you for anything. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, blame, yes. But I, honestly, I would say, I would say though, occasionally, you know, in the 20, almost 25 years in New York, I guess once in a while. I could probably count on one hand though, the number of times where somebody said, Hey, great job today. Thanks for the thanks for yeah, this weather when they were really and those are people who were having a good time and enjoying the weather for that particular day. Or if it was a holiday weekend, you know, a fourth of July weekend, Memorial Day weekend, and I was out in public and somebody saw me, they might say something complimentary. But let's be honest, Rick, you know, come on. <laughs> the complaint box is usually full.
0: Well it's funny because uh back in the day when I was still running, uh I haven't Another friend, who's a weatherman, Mr. G, mm-hmm. and Irv and I. He, he's a weatherman on TV here in New York, and we used to run together in Central right. Park. Wow. And when we were out, uh, you know, people would recognize him because he's on TV. You know that oh, G like. was G was huge in New York, still is. Yeah, and. People would thank him for the weather, but then they would also curse him when mm-hmm. the weather sucked.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, it, it could go either way with people in terms of appreciation for what you do, but the bottom line is we don't make the weather. We're That's just, true. You know, we I always tell people, it. You know, I'm, I'm the messenger. I'm not the creator of this. Although, you know, I did take it to heart if i made a forecast that people were adjusting their lives and, and changing their plans, and then it didn't pan out that way. Um, yeah, I was disappointed in that. That was a bit of a that was a bit of a struggle, but um, you know, for the most part, it, it, it's it's fun. Now I like it even more because I could just challenge myself on a forecast. Nobody needs to know whether I'm right or wrong, but me.
0: <laughs> so when you watch New York TV now, uh, are you critical after doing it for so so many years?
1: You know what's funny? I would. What's funny is I would say I'm trying to keep a dog from jumping off a table here, yeah. Tula. What I would say is, um, I think I might have been more critical when I was in it. Really? Oddly enough. Now I'm sort of, uh, I have to remove candy canes now that I still hear from Christmas that my dog's trying to munch on. Now a star. Okay. By the way,
0: for those of you who don't know, Chris and Edby adopted a puppy a couple of weeks. about wow, now a month ago? Uh,
1: it's a little over a month, yes. Yeah. As I get the puppy. <clears throat>
0: and she is a handful. She's a precious, precious Little dachshund.
1: A little miniature and dachshund. Her name is Tula. Tula, which I heard in, I don't forgot the language, but it's like, uh, it's an African name and it means shh. shh. Not like shut up, shh, but like shh, calm,
0: shh. Ah. Very fitting, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I should have
1: named her exclamation mark is what yeah, I Yeah, really. Her,
0: that's the she's case. wired. Oh, uh, so we were talking about the weather. No, so
1: the criticism, yes. Yeah. Uh, I think now when I watch, what's funny is now when I watch, I don't feel as associated with it anymore. I yeah. don't very quickly I went from not feeling oh, I'm one of them. I'm not one of them. I'm just a person watching now. And uh, it, it's it's kind of weird. I don't know whether I've I'm doing that to protect myself from feeling like oh, I wish I was there, but uh, we've had this discussion before. I don't I don't really feel like I was there almost. It's kind of a weird thing.
0: Yeah. Did that really happen?
1: Yeah. And, you know, I think part of, not not to get too deep, but that's been part of the process of my life over the last, you know, five, six years and then some. In a very short period of time, you know, I lost my dad. I watched him get sick and die over, over a year's time, 15, 16 months. And then, you know, in the midst of that, my son was pretty seriously ill, and but thank God he's fine. And then my wife got sick, and then I watched that process. And, and so I think I'm kind of, I'm, I'm used to figuring out, well, I've got to move on from that past. Right. I've just got to figure it out, and I've got to move on. I respect it. It will always be part of me, but I have to learn how to move on from it. And maybe right down to the TV weather thing, that's sort of
0: what I've done. And that's why I don't, I'm not that
1: critical. Whatever.
0: That's, <laughs> you know, people always ask me, not always, but they used to ask me, do you miss being on the radio? Mm. And I'm like, No. That was then. This right. is now, and I'm okay with that.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think you know it uh, when you start to look at yourself and challenge. You know, you say, hey, "Do I really?" No, I really don't. You know, sometimes people think, "Oh, you're just looking through rose-colored glasses because you can't get a job anymore," or you. Eh, nah. I- not it's really. Like they've been yeah. there,
0: done that, yeah. and I checked it off my list. I mean, for
1: just... you, from in terms of radio, well, I'll ask you two questions because okay. I have a lot of people, friends in, in the in the TV weather business, and you know, you get into it, you have aspirations, and you have the ultimate, ultimate golden ring that you strive for. What was the highlight of your radio career, and do you feel you got to the golden ring, and if not, what was or what would it, that golden ring
0: have been for you? Wow, that's that's a really I mean, I would say being in New York, Mm. our hometown, uh, and being on the air here was a thrill for me. Um, So I made it. I can check it off my list. I I mean, there were so many highlights of people we get to meet, people that we get to interview, meeting Valerie. Mm -hmm. There were so many wonderful things that happened because of the career path that I went down. And so... I don't know that I could boil it down to one, but I would say making it to New York. Ultimately, when I look back, thank goodness I did. Because if I didn't and I were now here, I don't know how I'd feel walking mm. away from it.
1: Right. And that's interesting you would say because a couple of the friends that I'm thinking out out loud of my head here, that was one of their things. They were from this area and they wanted to get back here and, and get the job here in New York. And until that happened, they didn't make it. In their head, and we know that that's not true, uh, but it's understandable. And I think, really, just to work in your hometown you know, if you were born and raised in Cincinnati and you got to Cincinnati and you were on and a a figure there, a fixture, you should be very proud of what you accomplished. And and anybody, look, in the big scheme of the the population of the world, you and I got to do some very unique jobs, yeah, we're very fortunate. Got to do it in New York, in our hometowns, so I have absolutely no regrets. We're very blessed by all of that stuff, but anybody who does it should be proud of what they've done because it's not, it's not that it's a hard job from the physical standpoint, but it sure is from the emotional standpoint of, of pushing yourself out there, you know, look, what's the number one fear, public speaking? So here you go, we're, we're, we're trying to make a career out of that, basically,
0: and then some. You know, I used to lose sleep the night before I had to make a presentation of class in high school. Right? You know, remember the nerves? Oh yeah. my gosh, it was terrible. And then somewhere along the way, I said, hey, this is actually pretty good. And I think, you know, as I got through my teen years, my ego started to get a little bit bigger, a mm-hmm. uh, healthier perhaps. Right. And then I went on the radio when I got to college, started making inroads that I'd never known before with people. And I decided, wow, this is actually a pretty cool way to make a living. And because of that, I stayed with it for a long time. Was there that moment, because I'm thinking
1: back for me, where you think you can do this, and then the first few times you do it, whether it's in radio, I mean, I started in radio too. And then you go back and you listen to it or, you know, with television, you go back and you see it. And you're like, oh, well, I I don't suck. Maybe I can actually do this. Do you remember a moment like that? No.
0: (laughs) Because I You felt like you. You know what? Now, there were times that I would listen back uh, and think I don't suck. Uh, But there are still a lot of times that I'll go back and listen or look at videotapes of stuff that I've done on stage and think, ooh, God. I did suck. No, <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't. I'm glad I didn't. Now I don't have to do it anymore. Mm-hmm.
1: No, there's, you know, it's it's a very, performing is a very unique way to make a living, certainly. And there's, sometimes I remember the, the feeling of, and it's, authors have, will say this, and probably some artists as well, you know, I hate writing, but I love having written. Right. And there were times, in particular, when I was pushed into these remotes that I had to do, on the weekend morning shows, I'm like, how am I going to do six live shots with this? There's nothing here. You know, I've I've got a peanut butter sandwich and a plant. What am I going to do with this? (laughs) You know? And, 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 and and the, the pressure I would feel about trying to make something happen and make it unique and make it fun and make it interesting was killing me. And then after I did it, and then I look back, wow, the feeling I'm like, Hey, you actually pulled that off, you idiot! How did you do that? And it was such a rewarding feeling sometimes, and that would get me the high, and that's why you go back and do it again, you know. And where I guess the confidence builds.
0: Think about things like ratings in TV or in radio. Mm -hmm. When the ratings would come in and they were really good, uh, for me that was that was a high, and it's kind of a false high Mm because it wasn't because I was there.
1: Well, some people like to think that, though, and you know, you know it. But I remember that we'd we'd look because as time went on with technology, we would get the ratings every day. Right. So you'd see fifteen, literally every fifteen minute interval in the two hour, which then became a three hour show, um, and you'd know. Oh, I did weather in that. Oh, whoops, the number slipped there. What happened? Or the number went up there. Oh, it must have been because of me. You know, you can't be doing that. You can't be playing that game. But it's easy to fall into that trap. But there is a high. I mean, I remember as much as. When basically a large part of the time, uh, I'm going to say from like 2007 or 8 on, WABC here in New York yeah. dominated mm-hmm. television, local news, including the morning shows. We had some good years from the late 90s into the early 2000s, if I remember right. And I remember then that feeling of, eh, you know, who cares about the ratings? Well, we're number two, whatever. But every now and then we get a spike and we win two, three mornings in a row. And all of a sudden, now it did matter to me. And Mm -hmm. you're right; you felt great. You felt like, oh man, we're part of something that's happening here. Maybe we're turning the corner here. And then for the next two weeks, we'd be number two again. So (laughs) back to reality. But yeah,
0: it's interesting because I worked for a radio station here in New York for thirteen plus years, and I haven't worked there since 2004. Mm -hmm. And I haven't listened to that station more than a handful of times. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like I don't want to go back there.
1: I was going to... That's an interesting point because um, I've never had... I have to be honest, I never had an issue going back to watching WNBC. To, you know, I'm like, I don't know. I, I used to watch it. Some of my friends are still there. So to me, it's like, why wouldn't I, why wouldn't I watch it? Now, I know somebody else... Who was dismissed from there many years ago, and I came up in conversation about watching the forecast. And I said, "Oh, yeah, I like their uh, their their accumulation band map." And he said, "I never look at them anymore. I, I don't watch that station. I can't watch that station anymore." And it's it's interesting. I, I don't know. I don't you know. I only have one wound to heal from there, and that it really sort of has nothing to do with the station per se. So I don't hold it against the station or my friends that still work there. right? Um, but, you know, I guess. so for you, what's, what stings about the concept of going back and listening? Or is it just a place you wouldn't want to listen anyway? I don't know.
0: Um, I think in part is um, the guy who was running the show uh, when I was done there, and I did not have a great goodbye, um, and I felt mistreated, and misunderstood. I know that feeling. And so, yeah, (laughs) I knew you would. Uh And it's left a little bit of uh, bitter feeling, bitter taste, so to speak. But I just, I don't know. I don't need to go back and listen. Mm -hmm. The music's fine. The personalities are whatever they are, I just don't even listen to music radio that much. Well, that's true, too. I mean, that's kind
1: of uh, little by little becoming a a bygone era, if you really think about it. You just, you know, and in fact, some of the bigger uh, radio stations now also broadcast on Sirius. (laughs) So it's kind of all crossed over to satellite radio for the most part. But, But, you know... Again, all of these things are part of why we've gotten to this point where we are here today, sitting here as we said, shooting the shit. <clears throat> but I think we've we've shot a lot of
0: it. <laughs> we shot a lot of shit. We
1: shot a lot of it, so we're going to wrap it up. We're uh, we're deep into this, but uh, we plan on having a special guest next week. Uh, we plan on having at that point officially a new president next week. Yeah, and uh, I guess we're going to go from there. Any final thoughts, Mister Summers?
0: No, I'm. Uh... I can't believe we're at this point, when you think back six months ago, looking at the presidential race, looking at everything that's happened in the interim, I can't believe we're going to inaugurate a new a new president. And I'm very excited about the fact that we're going to have uh, Kamala Harris as our vice president. Yeah, because I mean it's, it's a, it, totally different. It's a
1: different, right, it's a whole different yeah. uh, approach uh, f- to these positions, not so much for Biden, uh, but yeah. I guess, you know, for me, and I hope, and I'm I I feel pretty confident at least the attempt will be by this administration to reach out across the aisle as they like to say and and try to heal and try to recreate what the concept of this country was, we are united, the United States of America. It's not about us and them. I, I, quite frankly, have had enough of that crap. And if that's going to continue, I don't know. I'll see you from Portugal in a couple of years. Italy's looking good. (laughs) Yeah, somewhere over in Europe where I can, you know, just live on a beach. So hopefully, you know, we'll start taking this step. The
0: good news is, if we go to Europe, we could still do this.
1: Nothing will stop the Middle aged (laughs) Warriors. We'll we'll cross the pond. We're still going to be in your ear. Speaking of which, uh, feel free to give a listen also to our past shows. It's Believe Podcast. Uh, believe.com. You can find us there, Middle-Aged Warriors. If you have any thoughts, questions, comments, suggestions, guest suggestions, uh, it's Warriors at gmail.com and middleagedwarriors uh, at yahoo.com.
0: We really would like to hear from you.
1: Yeah, I mean, the bottom line is, you know, in moving forward, this is your show too. So we're kind of the voice, hopefully, of other Middle-Aged Warriors out there. And what's on your mind is what you know. We want to be able to talk about and share, and bring guests on that could uh, be helpful. So follow us on Facebook, uh, also on Instagram, and you can leave your comments or thoughts there as well. Keep it relatively clean, it's really, it's
0: Be good, feel good. This is Rick Summers,
1: Chris Amino, Sunshine Always, guys. Stay safe, stay smart, and we will see you next time. <laughs> all that high note always
0: good hey thanks for joining us again on Middle Age Warriors here on the Believe Podcast Network please subscribe and rate the show on iTunes five stars would be really really nice not that I'm trying to influence you or anything also you can find us on Google Podcast Stitcher and Spotify Middle Age Warriors your mileage may vary have a good day